That's overwhelming. Yeah. And I, I like to just share my opinion on, and I was like, and I'm not a huge Scotch fan, but that was like really good. She's like, oh, I'll get that one. I was like, okay, we're dropping 65 bucks right now. You know, like it's good. So she told her to get the Macallan 25. <laughs> Surprised you didn't turn around. Ma'am, you're looking the wrong side. <laughs> I need to look over on this side of the aisle. I didn't want her to buy the good stuff. <laughs> Welcome back to Sauce on Beer, Bird, and Barbecue. I'm your host, Kevin. Joined here by my amazing co-host, Alex. Hi, Kevin. What's up, Alex? Hi, everybody. And we've brought back again, once again, for a uh, return trip or a return appearance, I guess is really the, the term. Scotch mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. What's up, Scotch guy? Uh, nothing much. <laughs> yeah, no, I every, am here. Every time we do that <clears throat> intro, I think of that first episode when you're like, I guess this is your audition, and it was kind of an awkward silence. And the first, it was my first episode, and I was like, "Wow, I don't think he was joking. This really is an audition. What if they don't like me?" You do realize that every time you're on, it's an audition. Oh, yeah, but I, for I, next time, I, I give less shits now than I did the first time. Yeah, well, that's true. We do, we do as well. Yeah, yeah. So not in a bad way, and no. probably a healthy way. We're more comfortable now. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. It's just a conversation between you know three guys in a basement. <laughs> bunker oh in the bunker bunker Damn bunker it. i forgot we haven't called it the bunker in so rewind long. rewind it's less creepy than a basement yeah but maybe it's harder to find <laughs> or maybe it's more paranoid and it's actually more creepy who has a bunker in their backyard probably quite a few people yeah. that's true so we've got again as all of our episodes another fantastic episode for you tonight of uh Barrel-aged beers. I feel like, Guy, we did barrel-aged beers a little while ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, what, but, what was that episode? That was, it was uh, barrel-aged beers, damn it. Well, I, I, know, I know it was barrel-aged beers. I'm trying to think of what we had on that episode. Was that just you and me? That was or, you and me. Yeah, it was Because somebody canceled the night of. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So, but hey, we're glad you came back, Alex, to do some barrel-aged beer with us tonight. I don't know if I am. um so we've got we've got some really good stuff tonight um some of these are rare releases um some of them are from very well-known breweries one is from a brewery i just learned about Um, i've never heard of that one uh so we got these from blake uh so thank you very much blake if you don't follow blake his instagram handle is whiskeyblake.sparty um it is a good follow um I always feel very envious of Blake when he he posts his pictures. He's always like, got this special barrel release. And I'm like, that's pretty awesome. So, Blake, if you want to move back here to St. Louis, I know you're originally from here. We would love for you to uh, come join us. Bring all your bourbon. Yeah, bring your bourbon. But, I mean, we want you more for the company as well. You know, not just for your bourbon. But more for the bourbon and the but and the company. <laughs> no, but, Blake, we do really appreciate it. Um <laughs> Blake sends us sends us care packages every once in a while um, with some good stuff in it. He was our our friend that sent us the Elmer. Um, mm. He's always sending us some Buffalo Trace. He sent us some beer this time. I mean, like we appreciate it. So, and, and by sent you mean he drove down here and hand delivered it to us and did not use our United States Postal Service to mule alcohol to us. Exactly, we would never do that. That's illegal and immoral. All right, well, let's dive into barrel aged beer. So the first one we got is the Alex. You have to tell me—is it the Bell's over there? It's the Bell's. So this is Bell's Black Note. Um, this is the 2007 release of it. Um, this is what Bell says is their most sought after um, stout. And Alex, watching you pour, I mean, this is like. I mean, it's dark. dark. It's dark. dark. It's it looks like tar. There's there's not very much foam on it at all. That's how I know something's that it's going to be, be like heavy. really rough. Not in a bad way, but just like like for a beer, it's like oh shit. Like this is one. Like this is like a one and done. Like if you probably drank a whole bottle, you'd be done. Like just not wanting to. 
No, I mean, it's also like, what, was it 12, 15%? Uh, it is a... Probably at least 15. Uh, no, it's a 11.2%. Yeah, still, you drink um, a whole bottle of this by yourself, like, you're going to be relatively shit-faced. It's like drinking a gallon of chocolate milk, except it was really alcoholic. On a hot day. I, yeah. I, I worked at a, I worked for a little bit at a, at a microbrewery, and the owners went to this... Uh, they were telling me about this festival that they went to, and it's called the Festival of Bourbon Barrel Aged Beer or of Barrel Aged Beers. It's a and terrible name. And she said, or something like that, and is up in uh, like I don't remember where it was. Either way, she said she she was like within the first forty five minutes, everyone was shit faced. <laughs> That's how the Brewers Guild here is at St. Louis. Yeah, she she's like, I mean, there's nothing. There's literally all the beer there is like at least ten percent. And you're sampling all of it. She's like, I got through like three or four booths and was just absolutely like, I need to go get a Big Mac and take a nap. (laughs) And then we can come back. That sounds so good right now, a Big Mac (laughs) and a nap. (laughs) But I was like, yeah, that's genius. Like, you know, I would have all my merch, all my merchandise, like tables at the end of the tasting because people are just going to be trashed by the time they get there. Put it on the card. Oh, just, yeah, it's so, so good. Yeah. So this is a blend of their experimental stout and their double cream stout. And I really can taste the double cream. Like, I get, it's very creamy, very rich. Um, it has tasting notes on it. Do you want them? Yeah, what, what do you got over there? It says uh, Bell's Well, Black. hold on, before you do that, let's, let's run around the circle. Let's see, what are we tasting? Yeah. Right. So, so I was actually going to say... On the creaminess part, I'm getting that because so I've had a couple barrel aged beers before, and for me personally, they're often too heavy and too sweet for me to really enjoy. This one I'm liking a little bit better, and I think the creaminess kind of knocks off some of that sweetness. Mm. It's it's almost like a um, a homemade whipped cream flavor, and I say homemade because usually you're not getting super sweet. Out of that, you're well, getting yeah. more of the cream. Like a homemade whipped whip cream. cream. A homemade whipped cream is heavier. Like, it's yes. not that aerosol type. Right, 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 right. You're getting that thickness. Right, so it's not like I'm eating cotton candy or drinking cotton candy, so. You, yeah. You're not getting high on aerosol cans over aerosol not right cans now. over there? I got some for later, though. <laughs> I'm getting heavy notes of coconut and cocoa at the end. That's that's smoothing out the, the bitterness, like that port... Uh, not port, sorry. Um, that por- that porter like bitterness that you okay. get um, with some barrel aged beers. I'm I'm getting. I'm not getting that. I'm or, getting like it starts, but then the the cocoa and the coconuts like kind of. Cool. I'm getting dark chocolate very much on the tip of my tongue, like yeah. the first couple sips. Then like a rich coffee kind of taste as we kind of go, but then at the end, like on the very end of my palate, as I. Like I'm drinking it, I get a very bourbon barrel kind of feel. It's got that heat, but it's not like a like a hundred proof bourbon or something like that. You know where you get the Kentucky hug, but it warms you. Like it's very yeah, I get that a little bit. You know, it's not it's not overpowering, but like this would be something like you'd want to. And we didn't refrigerate any of these, so like I think it's perfect for not refrigerating. Like I, I don't I think I'd like want it better. It cold. I think, um, I I th- think the cold. Maybe brings out the sweetness and kind of dulls down some of the other flavors. Yeah, I feel like this is a little bit richer with it being warm. It's like as I'm sipping it, it hits a point where I think it's about to get really, really sweet, but then it doesn't. And I think that's that dark chocolate bitterness. You know, you get that that bite of the dark yeah. chocolate. And I like that. I it's like enjoyable. That I'd but- rather have a good dark chocolate than a super sweet milk chocolate. But it's also not too too thick, you know. Like some bourbon, uh, some barrel aged beers are. They're so, uh, like I, I guess viscosity would be the the term for it. Mm. They're so thick and you can heavy. Chew them almost. Yeah, it's like it's almost uh, molassesy, uh, it, just in texture and it, I don't know. That's that's not exactly uh, attractive to me as far as it used to be. It used to be like what I really, that was like my favorite type of beer. I don't know anymore. I I can't remember liking something like that in a very long time. I feel like it differs from like an Irish stout, like an Irish stout. You get that very rich coffee, almost burnt coffee kind of taste to it. Almost like would you get like almost like peaty beer. Like, does that 
makes sense kind of I wouldn't call it peaty but I know I know what you're talking about that Guinness style um, yeah yeah I, a lot Bitter. of those yes a lot almost uh I think you could probably describe that style as like nitro almost yeah. um it's it's very mild very easy a lot of those beers also are like way lower in ABV yeah and than any barrel aged stouts and I feel like this doesn't have that it's creamy like you were saying Alex that's um, good so, guy, tell us those uh, tasting notes. What do, are oh, we? Yeah. Are we on track? Know. We'll find out. So, quick, quick thing. We each said. Uh, I said coconut and uh, cocoa. I'm gonna throw in espresso in there. Yeah. Um, more than you, you mentioned coffee, and I like that. And I think espresso is probably like it was a little bit more intense. Um, and then Alex, what were some of your notes? So, like whipped cream. Maybe molasses. Okay. So, let's see. Bell's Black Note, this is on the back of the bottle, is a malty harmony of dark chocolate, espresso, and dried fruit. Yes. uh, Aged in retired oak bourbon barrels. Aimed squarely at stout aficionados. Black Note makes a grand statement about the art of the dark. Okay, so... Dried fruit, I I could say that. Yeah, I could. I don't get that as much. Yeah, I I mean, I guess like dried fruit is also. I feel like that's a a very I don't know, like blank, vague blankets like dried it's what? It's a like, safe thing to say. Like and, dried apples, dried bananas, like those are that's so something different. That pops up in a lot of bourbon flavors. Do you think notes. they're talking about the sweetness of it? Like the sweetness of a dried fruit, like that natural sugar. Probably because the you other see, flavors I, I associate with dried fruit is maybe a tartness, which isn't here. Um, but I'm trying to compare it also to the bourbons or the other whiskeys that proclaim to have a dried fruitness to it. And I wouldn't really even say that either. But I, usually, when I when I see dried fruit versus dried cranberries, they're being vague. It's kind of like. Are you just saying that, yeah. or you know why? Why are they saying that? Was that a part of the process? Did they use fruit when they made it, or is it like, I think this tastes a little fruity. Well, put that on the bottle. Yeah, I, I think that kind of goes into just uh, the there. There really is a whole uh, uh, vernacular for for tasting notes. I mean, mm-hmm. it is to say, oh, this tasted like. Tasted warm and fruity, like they they don't necessarily like doesn't necessarily mean oh it tasted like apples or raspberries. Like uh, I don't know if any of our listeners have their uh, have their Cicerone certifications, please uh, please contact us and we love to love to get in contact with you and see if we can work something out and get something you know get something yeah. going because I mean yeah tasting being like a tasting expert and being familiar with that uh, that vocabulary I think really does help you understand tasting notes on bottles like that you know like and i think to this one and i think kind of throwing back to our friend john edwards uh for the dad drinking bourbon um he always talks about how it's a memory it connects to a memory of yours yeah and this reminds me of just dark chocolate like i always think about you know as a teacher i get candy and all that kind of stuff like it for holidays and things and it just reminds me of that dark chocolate that you get um that you know it's just it's really rich um, you have a little bit left in your class. I say save some because at the end we're gonna we're gonna take all these three that we're trying. I think there's a little bit left in the bottle. Oh yeah. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna rank them for what we think is the best. And then we're gonna mix them and do a suicide. Oh, no. Um, do shots. The next one we got is the dogfish head. Um, it's the which one, Alex? Oak aged vanilla worldwide stout. That's a that's a big name. For this small bottle of beer. Yes. I hope the flavor lives up to it. Just kind of some background on it. Alex, you were kind of joking a little bit a while ago. You were talking, you know, who comes up with the name of this beer? And there's actually a reason behind it. I mean... Uh, I think it was worth making fun of. Yeah, but... but that's just my mildly <laughs> inebriated opinion. <laughs> um, worldwide Stout, because it was created when the uh, World Wide Web started. Prestige I don't even... Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a stout that's 
done in oak barrels, um, but it's not done in the oak barrels like that we're familiar with, like a bourbon barrel. It's done in a um, large oak barrel. Uh, I mean, I think they said it's one of the largest in the world. Um, and it's kind of like a vat. They do it in their stainless steel tanks for a week, and they do it in this vat and let it kind of just age over time. Um, they claim that the longer you have it, the better it's going to be. Um, they use Madagascar vanilla beans in it. Um, I mean, what do you all think so far? So I know that I, I wanted to talk about real quick and that they say the longer you have it, the better it is. I've heard that about certain beers before, and I think usually it is darker or heavier beers because some beers are not good over time. Well, as we have we an found episode out. about that. Yes. <laughs> Go back and listen to the Bad, bad News, news beers, bears. Or beers, yeah. Beers. That was an adventure and proof uh, terrible. that not all beers age well. But I have heard that that some do age well over time, and I'd I'd like to... That's something we really need to do is get a big old bunch of something like this and let it sit for a while and try it throughout the year and compare the notes. The, the nose for this, um, I'm getting that oaky smell, like similar to the Bells, um, but it's sweeter. It's a lot sweeter. Like yeah. I'm almost smelling like grape juice. Yes, like very much. Like Welch's out of the can. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Like, it was just a real heavy They sweetness. say it has port-like complexities, which I get, like, the scotch you had us try, and this, I'm getting similar noses. Yeah, that same sweetness. Yeah. So, this one, I, off the nose, I haven't tried it yet, but off the nose, I am getting dried fruit off this one. I know we just talked about that being, like, a vague term, but... I uh, almost like, I guess I could say if I had to pick fruits, maybe plums, dates, uh, off the nose. Uh, I don't know. It's appealing, but it's unappealing. You know what I mean? Like, I get that vanilla right off the bat. Right off, you just had your first sip? Yeah. Holy cow. Lots of vanilla. Like vanilla ice cream or like... Like vanilla coffee like flavored. vanilla paste. Yeah. Like it's heavy, thick vanilla. I I like it. Almost, it's a lot. Yeah, like molasses-y kind of syrup. That's thick. It is very... It's biting my tongue. I mean, it's gonna... I don't know if that's because it's so vanilla concentrated. I, I feel it on my tongue. It's good, Can but... Can you see it? Oh, there's the uh. vanilla. Um, so it's 16 to 17% uh, ABV. Um, it's good, but, like, it's it's very rich. Like, I don't know. This isn't as rich as I thought it would be, though. And I'm so I'm compared. Of all of the barrel-aged beers that I've had, the... <clears throat> The one I compare them all to is I, I was given a bottle from an old neighbor of mine of Founders Canadian Breakfast Stout. I'm still I, I angry know, at I know. you. Oh I can see it on your face. I'm sorry. I wish I had shared more of it because I did not enjoy it. I don't think it was very good. You Yeah, okay. You had some. Anna liked it. But it was just so heavy. Like, there was so much going on. It's like somebody took all of their favorite sweet, thick things like... Let's take some maple syrup and let's take some chocolate syrup and let's take some brown sugar and mix it all together. Like it was so much going on. I've had it since then too. Um, when I was when I was working at the brewery, our, mm-hmm. our boss got uh, a bottle of he got a bottle of a bunch of uh, just things that they had because they get all that stuff for free. Um, he's a brewmaster, and so they got uh, the the Canadian breakfast out. They had a bottle of that. They had a bottle of the the Goose Island. Um, Kentucky barrel aged beer, which is, I mean, if you haven't had that one, that is probably one of my favorite barrel aged beers. And there's different I, varieties of that, right? Well, every year is is different. So, um, the tw- I had the 2018 or 2017, and it had been sitting for about a year. Uh, 
Yeah, probably about a year, maybe less. So what did you think about the Canadian breakfast sound? Uh, I still, it's, I, there's just a lot going on there. Yeah, so it's, that's kind of the, the standard I use to compare these going forward. And so if, if it's more drinkable than that, then it's a good beer. What was the, uh, it wasn't, bur- no, it wasn't curmudgeon. It was uh, by, uh, gosh, who brews curmudgeon? Um, that's one of my favorite favorite beers that's a scotch ale by it's in michigan is it new holland no it's not it, that they do dragon's milk uh alex what's the one we went to up in michigan uh start it's, it's not four hands that's st louis uh founders it was founders that's what it was yeah founders um backward bastard backwards bastard yep remember that that episode we did they mm-hmm. i did not like that i didn't like that either um yeah, Mark Twain's uh, passport to Russia like blew uh-huh. it out of the water. I mean, it was insane. That I, was a really good barrel aged. It was incredible. Like I could, that was so easy to drink. Even honestly, even like thinking back, comparing that to these, I still think that that's better. I do too. And I, I will say, I think it's because it's lightly car. They recarbonate it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And none of these are recarbonated. No, I agree. Um, just looking at food pairings on here, because, you know, we always love to do food pairings, right, Alex? Heavy meat love, plates. I do love food pairings. Um, joking aside, or but, joking. So I'm kind of upset. Um, the thing they talk about is the one of the food pairings is roasted venison, and I know you have a free, uh, freezer of roasted venison. I do. I or, still I still have a freezer. I'm still waiting to to make sure that they're they're safe to eat from the Department of Conservation, but odds are is that they are completely fine. Um but we will know in a know in a few weeks. I mentioned that on the last episode that I was on that so that's still going on, but it should be soon. Um but this would have been good with some roasted venison, is what they say. Um lamb of or leg of lamb, cheesecake. I could see that. I could see cheesecake. Something very sweet. I, I see I have a hard time drinking any stout with like with a main chorus, like a meat. Like they say venison and lamb. Like I I I'm just gonna call bullshit on that. I don't think that they actually tried venison and lamb with this before they put that on their tasting notes. I'm sure someone did. I I'm on board with guys bullshit. I don't think that they did. <laughs> it's it's just so thick and rich. It would, there'd be too much going on in your stomach. Like that would hurt my stomach. I do. I, I it, rather not. It gave me a stomach. Ache, I just don't think. I think it's too much going on to enjoy mm-hmm. either one. Like I'm, my t- my palate's going to be so confused. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not sophisticated enough to get that. I don't know. I've tried that before, and I, I still prefer the sweeter, heavier beers after I've eaten by themselves. Like this is my dessert. This beer is my dessert. That would be good. I would have it after I've had yeah. some lamb or venison, but not at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I, I now I could do I could do certain whiskeys that have similar flavor profiles to this with lamb, leg of lamb, or venison, but I don't think uh, this this beer is too sweet. I think to do with a main course, like this is I think this is a hundred percent like a dessert beer, especially with all the vanilla. I've had about three sips of this, and I'm just not enjoying it. Um, there's just something about it that it's too much. I don't know. And I, I'm interested to go back and do my ranking of all three of these that we're about to try. Um, but it's just it's... Are you getting any bitterness out of it? There is some bitterness, but it's not a bitterness like the bells was like a dark chocolate bitterness i was gonna say i got more bitterness out of the bells than i did out of this one what was but the that, abv on this one curiosity uh, on this one yeah uh was 16 to 17.5 percent holy shit um but i feel like the the bitterness on the bells meshed well like with the creaminess this is just it's bitter and vanilla like i that's all i get yeah i get a lot of barrel age but that's it. I don't think it's super bitter. I, I, I almost just think it's it's too. It it tastes to me like they added syrup to it. I'm sure that they didn't. I I'm not saying that they did. It just 
it just tastes like that to me. It's so it's so uh, like almost overwhelmingly sweet. It's not nearly as complex as the last one was. No, yeah, it just tastes sweet. Which, when you get to this point of yeah, it's all I taste. Mm -hmm. When you get to this point of thickness, you almost need other flavors to balance. Like of the the dark sweet beers that I've had, the ones that I like the most are that kind of Mexican style with some like cayenne pepper that adds some spiciness to it. I love those because that those flavors mesh so well. Yeah, and it gives you something else to focus on aside from the overwhelming fountain of sugar that's being poured down your throat a few weeks ago i had a stone brewery um it was their mexican hot chocolate Ooh. oh my goodness i mean it goes for like 20 something bucks a six pack um but oh my goodness uh, stone makes some really cool stuff they could do a lot of ipas don't they uh they've got they've that's kind of like they've got uh, one or two their stone ipas yeah pretty that's you see that pretty much everywhere but they've got a lot of interesting, a lot of interesting stuff that they have in a lot of places. Um, everything I've ever had from them that I like, their artwork is always really cool too. Yeah, which is, I mean, for me that that kind of makes it especially anything that can set yourself apart from with the the brewing, the micro brewing industry being what it is right now. Anything that can set you apart is cool. Yeah, and that's good. I mean, I think the micro brewery is so flooded, like you like you were saying. I think. Anything you can do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of what they're trying to do here, is they're trying to do something that separates them, you know, by throwing so much vanilla in there. Um, you know, I, I'd be honest. I, th- I think they missed the target. I, I think, I don't know. All right, that might work for some people. And again, I, I come back to this a lot, the, the marketing side of me. Doesn't like the way, at least so we, we watched kind of a video promoting this one. Yeah. Uh, prior to the episode and just the way they're pushing it just sounds like fluffy propaganda yeah that i get like you said earlier i don't remember if it was while we were recording or not but you were talking about how there's a certain vernacular to tasting notes and i think yeah. you, you get that in beer bourbon that whole realm where there's certain keywords that sound good. Yeah. And sometimes I think those are just kind of thrown out there so that they fit in. Yeah. You know, this is a microbrewery making a a niche brew. Let's throw on some of these words to make it sound better and people will drink it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that's fine, but I just don't like that. You know, if you're going to promote a beer, talk about how you make it, talk about what's in it. You know, they they use vanilla beans from Madagascar. That's cool. Why? What does that add that vanilla beans from other places don't add? Yeah, I agree. Don't just say, ooh, it's it's from Madagascar. It's unique. It's foreign. It's exotic. They're hoping that you understand what Madagascar vanilla beans are before. I don't think that they <laughs> so are. You come to a, <laughs> with a pre-existing knowledge of Madagascar and the flavors it provides. Yes. I mean, I saw the movie. I think that King they just—I think they understand that most that most of the people because they're running a business as as much as they are. Yeah, they they you know their brewmasters love to you know create and make things. It's an artistry, but they're running a business. They don't give a shit whether or not you know what Madagascar vanilla oh, beans sure. tastes like. Right, and there's nothing wrong with that. They it's put marketing. that on there because it sounds cool and. Maybe they did, and if they did, they're going to say, no, we actually ordered Madagascar vanilla beans. Mm. And on a tour, you might get more information about that. Right. It's but like, the, the odds are is that they're deciding to omit useless information like that and try to just sell you their beer faster. Sure. Just the nerd in me wants that information. Oh, I and totally And when I hear anything you. else, I'd rather hear nothing than hear marketing fluff. Yeah, absolutely. Just personal opinion. Nothing wrong with I it. agree. Well, and that, and that is, and it's so it makes it even that much sweeter when you know people like us find breweries or distilleries that uh, that do have that. Like, I think I think I haven't had a lot of still six thirties products, but that's something that I really like about them is they do they have the nerdy information like that that I like. That's like here's this this and this that we put inside of this. And their product is different enough that I don't feel like it's marketing fluff mm. because it's like, oh, 
wow, I wouldn't have thought of that. Do you think that's just because of the size, though, of Still 630 and the access we have to, like, Dave and things like that? I mean, like... Probably so. I mean, like, we know Andrew and Dave pretty well. Um, I mean, like, if I have questions, I can go text them. I can go email them. But, like, these big breweries, I mean, like, they started out small at some point in time. I'm sure at some point in time they were answering those kinds of questions. Well, some of the bigger ones, I mean, like, like the really big ones, I don't think that they were answering those types of questions. Like, I don't, you're not going to tell me that early 1900s distillers gave a frick whether or not, you know, someone could could get hints of brown sugar and dried fruit off of their, off of the third fit taste of their, you know, I, I don't think. Whatever that sentence was. <laughs> I don't think you're speaking English over there anymore. I'm saying that I... Oh, I have hiccups. Sorry. <sighs> I'm saying that I don't think that when these... Some back... Like way back in the day. Like say 1800s when some of some of these companies started. I'm not... I don't think that they cared whether I guarantee or not, they didn't care. They no. just want to make a good product. Yeah. And I don't... I don't think that their customers really gave a frick whether or not it tasted it had these because they didn't have access to internet or other people's opinions or whatever. They just they they sold it to the town that they were in. Man, yeah, if only we didn't have access to other people's opinions, we would love shitty products. It'd be awesome. <laughs> but I just think of like our interview at Hopskeller. He and I, I can't remember his Matt. name. Matt. He had all of that nerdy information and I thought that was so cool. And, and I, we didn't get that much on um, the interview, but when he took us through a tasting of a lot of their main flagship beers afterwards, just the information he was able to provide on the background, what the flavors were doing, the reason for it. Like, I love that. That was just the nerd in me, the science aspect, the, the artistry that was in there. I thought that was really cool. I just appreciate that more. And that's part of, the micro boom right now, you know, that is part of a lot of people's sale. I think that's part of his sale is that side of it and appealing to people who care about that. And other places <clears throat> are appealing to people who don't care about it. You can't appeal to everybody. It's impossible. Right. right. So I think that's a good point to stop. We'll take a break real quick here so that guy can get rid of his hiccups. Uh, <laughs> On that note, before we take a break, if someone can tell me why, hic- like why, we- <clears throat> <laughs> Why we get hiccups? I will, uh, I, I will go follow you on Instagram. That's all I have to offer. <laughs> that's all. I was gonna say I'll that's give all you five the information is but... worth to me. <laughs> yeah, I'll follow you on Instagram, and I won't unfollow you, no matter what you post. <laughs> I'm gonna figure out how to do. It. I'm gonna create a parody account <laughs> and tell you how it is. I'm just gonna post pictures of cats. Uh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Uh! This episode of Sauced on Beer, Burn, Barbecue is brought to you by The Restory. For the past few weeks, Alex and I have been working with Davin Shaw, a true Kentucky colonel, and his company, The Restory, to create the perfect accent piece for our man caves. Alex and I have been looking at what we could do to take our passion and love for whiskey and to transform it into some home decor. And Davin was able to take that love and make these amazing lamps. The Restory is a family-owned company that takes old whiskey bottles and transforms them into amazing decor pieces that even your wife will let you have around the house. Right now, Davin and his team are working on some new products like their Half Moon Barrel Illuminations, which is a great bar topper, floating shelf, or office bar, if you can get away with that. So I encourage you to go to www.therestillery.com or check them out on Instagram at the underscore restillery. That's R-E-S-T-I-L-L-E-R-Y to check out their amazing products and see about getting a -a one-of-a-kind whiskey lamp just for you. And as a listener of Sauced on Beer Bourbon Barbecue, Davin and his team have created a special offer code for you to use at checkout. Using the code SAUCED15 will get you 15% off your whiskey lamp. Again, that's S-A-U-C-E-D-1-5. 
will get you 15% off your whiskey lamp. Make sure you go check out the distillery and help support an amazing small business. Now let's get back to getting sauced. back to enjoy some more barrel-aged beer. Um, so we, to recap real quick, if you somehow are joining us in the middle of this episode. Uh, this recap's really more for us. Yeah. <laughs> we have the Bell's Black Note. We had the uh, Dogfish. Uh, head. Dogfish Head. Yeah, Dogfish Head. What is that one? The Old World. Oak-Aged the- Vanilla Worldwide Stout. Yeah, it's too long of a name. Um and then this one here, guy, you have the bottle right now. Yeah, it's called No Rules Vietnamese Porter. Uh, it is a Big Lebowski reference. If anyone was curious, the front is a picture of John Goodman holding a bowling ball, yelling in his vest. And we actually just watched a scene from that movie where Smokey crosses the line and doesn't want to write it as a zero, and he yells at. This pulled. isn't Nam. There are rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's where that's where the name comes from. Um which I can always appreciate a, a good big Lebowski reference. Although it does kind of look like a creepy, like half lies half half life steam type of cartoon character at the front of it. It's kind of scary. Uh the brewery is Perrin Brewing Company. Uh it says it's their Imperial Porter aged Porter aged in oak bourbon barrels. So um, my guess is that this is going to be a lot more bitter because it's a porter than a stout. And this um, is out of Michigan, too. We should say that as well. Parent, um, yeah, I was going to ask where, where Perrin is. Yeah, this is Michigan-made. Um, it is 15% alcohol. So this is the highest. Well, The other one was a little higher. Yeah, the uh, vanilla was a little bit higher than this one. It was but, higher than 15 yeah, it, it was, was like 16, 16 to 17. Oh, well, that makes sense. This? <laughs> Mathematically, yes. Yes. So, well, more more just uh, for for where I'm at, I was like. <laughs> yes. That also oh, makes okay. Sense. That makes more sense. This has that similar barrel age nose to it, but it's got, it's fruity. Yeah, I guess I'd say fruity. I'm not getting as much from the nose on this one as I have from the others. Do you think that's just because we've smelled so many higher... It's definitely possible. All the factors that play into that. It's hard to just fairly compare. Thank Uh, you, Alex. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, It smells... It smells more bitter to me. I don't know. I don't know. That barrel-aged... <laughs> Sorry for the interruption. We Kevin and I just tasted it. Wow! Damn. Oh, there's a the same lot beer? going on. No, there are literally no rules with this beer. I feel like if you take either of the other beers we've had, fill it with brown sugar, and that's what we just drank. Yeah, there's so much sugar or white sugar. Or any kind of sugar you could grab, powdered sugar. Yeah, it's definitely. Ooh. Are there tasty oh. notes on the bottle? Holy shit! This is. I've got them in front of me here, but what are you guys thinking? Well, brown sugar, car- caramel, caramelized. Yeah, caramelized brown sugar. I'm, I'll say caramel. Uh, it's one of those good tasting uh, vernacular words. Caramel. <laughs> Caramel. Caramel. Molasses. Caramel. Rich. I, I get molasses, caramel, brown sugar. Just because they're all super Milk, rich. chocolate. Uh, Shoot. Alex? I feel like they just took some neutral flavored cotton candy, which I guess is just fluffy sugar, and shoved it in the bottle. There's so much sugar. Shoved it in right in there. Right in there. So literally there are no rules. No, not when it comes to sweetness levels. It's, if that's a thing, I know it's not like IBUs where we've got a measure of sweetness, but we should come up with one. Well, it's yeah, funny. I was, I was wrong. I was. I could not have been more wrong about expecting this to be more bitter. 
than the others. I was thinking this was going to be more enjoyable. I do not. Uh, I like this. However, I will say, I think, I think this would be more enjoyable if I just didn't think of it as a beer. What would you think of it as? I, I have no clue. But it doesn't taste like a beer to me. A baking ingredient that you'd use to make desserts. <laughs> I'm missing that carbonation. Like, I'm really missing... Well, that's all... I'm, I mean, that's all barrel-aged beers, though. Is none of them are really carbonated. That's, right. That's kind of the, like... That's kind of the point. And I think it's fitting. The first line is, no rules were followed throughout the creation of this product. I literally feel they're like, F it, you know. Let's just do what we want. So this is kind of a middle finger to not in a bad way, though. Yeah, I mean... So what'd you make it with? I yeah, middle finger. middle finger. Um, they say... Oh, wait, wait. I'm getting hints of tobacco, too. Okay. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like like a, a good, smooth, uh, very mild, um, lighter pipe tobacco. The only thing I could pick up on was a little bit of butter, maybe. But I, I'm struggling to get past the sweetness of it. They like say theirs. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to say that not, 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 I don't say that to be totally negative, but that's just all I'm getting from it. I like this a lot, actually. I'm surprised. They're saying that it's a Mounds candy bar that has been dipped over and over again in rich chocolate soaked in bourbon. So they're saying coconut, cinnamon, toffee, which is that caramel kind of taste that you're getting, you know, vanilla, coffee. Nope. (sighs) I'm not getting any of that. I I get vanilla and coconut, but I'll be honest, it all, it tastes like a spoonful of brown sugar. Yeah, I can't. I I can pull that other stuff out of my ass, kind of, but. Right. If you really wanted to. (laughs) Sure. It really, it. Like that all sounds nice, but it it tastes like just a glass full of brown sugar. And maybe that's why I don't like it. Like I felt like the first drink I took was like, oh my, like just what, like I don't know. If um, you were, like, this would make an amazing float. Like if you wanted to make a like a stout float, I bet this would be amazing. If you like got it really cold. And put some put some ice cream with it. Like, I bet our wives would love that. Yes, they would. I don't know I, if my wife would like this. I think that I think, <laughs> that, I, think that, I think that our wives. I think most people what most people's Anna wives would like this would love this beer because it's so sweet. Yeah, I and most and at least in in my experience, I don't want to make generalizations completely, but all the women in my life, like they. They're not huge beer fans unless it's super sweet. You know, they like fruitier beers. They being the women in my life, specific people I'm thinking of. I'm not a sexist pig. Don't indict our podcast. Yeah, okay, I just had a second sip because I'm going to cut you off there because I don't <laughs> know you. where the hell you're going. Thank um, you. Second sip was better for um, than sexism. the first sip. I don't think I was... My palate was more ready for it. Um, I'm getting a little bit of that cinnamon taste, that warmth, but it's it's not that chocolatey taste. I don't get that. And most of them, I get a chocolatey taste to it. Now, maybe a little bite, but it's probably from the bourbon barrel. But that's if I let it sit in my mouth for a little while. I start to get a little bit more, but as soon as I swallow, bam, all the sweetness is right back again. Yeah. And it just kills anything else that was there. It sounds like I'm being really harsh. It's not terrible, but... No, I mean, I just don't think I like this style of beer. I'm The more barrel-aged beers I'm trying, the more I'm learning that I'm not a huge fan of barrel-aged beer. Yeah. yeah. I want that carbonation. I want that hoppy like the stouts and all that I like I like that they have some carbonation to them like I like I think back to our one Christmas episode we did uh, last year um, where we tried all those Christmas beers and all mm. that. like those were good because they were carbonated they were rich but they were also not 
overpowering. I don't feel like I was right. just drinking syrup mm-hmm. the whole time. Like the, what is that? Who does that cinnamon maple stuff? Uh, we were just talking about it. Six Mile Bridge? Yeah. The that, place you used to work? <laughs> that, that's right. I for, yeah, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> like, that's a, that's a good stout, I think. Like, it's super, it's just super mild. It's super. It's, it's light. light. Yeah. Yeah, it's lightly low. carbonated. Um, yeah. It, it's well balanced. I don't feel like this is well balanced. No, this is this is all of the sweet parts of a stout. None of the there should be some some bitterness, some maybe not bitterness is a good word. I don't know, but no, it needs to balance right. out. This it just, needs to balance. This tastes like syrup. I mean, it's it's it kind of tastes like milk and sugar almost. It, it almost it does. doesn't taste like a beer. No, it doesn't. I think it's very a very unique palate. It's just not my palate. Not yeah. my palate that I. No, you're right because I I agree with you. Most of the almost every single barrel aged beer I've had shares these traits. Some are better than others, but when it comes down to it, they all have this just overwhelming thick sweetness to them. I don't know what the barrel does to cause that. It, it's overwhelming something. I, it's either it's either wow, like the backwoods uh, backwoods bastard. That was so like bitter and like oh yeah that was bad it was not good but that Russian one but then the passport from Russia from Mark Twain was like now I'm gonna say this that was lightly carbonated maybe maybe we should rethink not carbonating not recarbonating our barrel aged beers now from what I understand of the process which is really not much um. I think that recarbonating a beer after you barrel age it is kind of a pain in the ass. Oh yeah, because you got to pull out of the barrels and then do. I I don't know. I again, I I really have no clue. I don't know much about canning or carbonating. I, I've it maybe it's not a hard, maybe it's not a hard thing to do, but for some reason there must be something though because uh, people don't do it. No, no, no. I mean, that's probably the only, the Passport from Russia is probably the only barrel-aged beer that I've had, barrel-aged stout that I've had that was carbonated. I mean, we had the Manhattan one, the one from Boulevard. You know what? The, uh, that one wasn't carbonated. It was. It was, it's a champagne style. I don't remember it going when we opened it. It did. I, I've got it over there. We can. Oh. Um, It'd be gone by now. You know what? Actually, the what's it call it? Uh, uh, the it was another Six Mile Bridge beer. One of their Big Five series. One of their barrel aged. Marauder. That was a. Uh, yeah, that was a barrel aged. That was lightly carbonated, because, um, some people came back and said it was flat. A couple people did, and it, was it I mean, you? no, but there was there was like a ten percent. It was like a really small percent of uh, some of the seals didn't fit right or something on the cap, so they they did like a recall on them. But it was hmm. only for people that were like, if you went to pop your bottle and it didn't go, then it wasn't carbonated. But it really didn't change. I I I don't know. Maybe it did. Probably didn't change the beer that much. But. I don't know. I'm going to throw out a theory that this whole barrel-aged beer movement is really building off the bourbon boom. Oh, movement. yeah. And because when I heard of it the first time after I got into bourbon, I was like, ooh, that sounds awesome. What a cool idea. But I think what we're kind of leaning on is it's missing one of those. You could arguably vital parts of the process of carbonating the beer. And that's what's really killing it. Because they do, you could associate a, a flatness of flavor to a lot of these. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the issue. Uh, one of the things that I don't like about them is also how much more expensive they are on average compared to another beer. That's true. And some of that is, you could say, the extra steps that go into the process. But I think that is also building off the bourbon boom and this is popular so we can charge more for it which they can that's true again i'm not yeah. saying that's bad um well it costs a lot more to make too 
you know. Right. The the extra steps that are in there. And so yeah. So I, I've got a question and I want I want you to think about this. So Alex, you and I we've been to um West Six and I think we had their snake eyes. That was good. Mm-hmm. Do you think that bottling it has something to do with it? Do you think having it on draft would be better? Mm, I mean, I think probably. And I, I'll say real quick before you end, most beer on draft is better. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like most most beer masters would tell you that their beer is going to be better on draft than it is in a bottle or a can. So to answer that question, we'd have to start with why. What is different about it being on draft compared to a bottle or a can? I mean, what is the act? I'm, I don't, I, I, I can't answer that. And I think that's a great topic for another show. Um, is looking into that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really don't know. Cause you I, would, you would almost need to talk to a brewmaster, someone who's done both and has, you know, someone at a local brewery that would be willing to come on the show to kind of talk. When we knew somebody talk about that. I mean, the only thing that I can, we, we know some people. Oh, I was like, yeah, you should definitely <laughs> yeah. get those people on. <laughs> no, we, only, we know some people. The only conclusions I could draw from that is it's, you know, on draft, it's in a barrel, typically, usually bigger. And to get it from the barrel to the draft, it's going through a line. You need some air pressure in there. So it's adding air. And so even if it's not carbonated, it's kind of mimicking that process of adding air to it before it goes in through as opposed to a can or a bottle where it's just poured in there. So maybe that's some of the difference. Yeah. So if we're going to give rankings for these three, we've tried three barrel age. What would you guys give as your ranking? We'll start with, uh, you want to do third? I would start with number one. Okay. Well, let's let's do least favorite. We'll build up to number one. So, which one was your least favorite? No rules. No rules. The one we just had. Okay. Just the lack of complexity of flavor. Okay. It's just sweet, and that's not a flavor that I like by itself. Okay. Um. You know, I guess I'm going to have to agree as far as that being my least favorite. It it really is just there's too there's too much sugar. Like it I don't know. I I can appreciate a, a good sweet beer especially in the stout genre, but it it's just like my mouth feels like I've just put a spoonful of sugar in it. It's so it's so much. I'm going to disagree with both of you. I'm going worldwide. I felt like that was so vanilla. At least the no rules had different flavors in it. Yeah. And differences you could try. I just felt like the worldwide was just such a vanilla. And it's funny you say vanilla because vanilla just is boring. But, like, it was. I just I felt like it was vanilla and that was it. Which what? I just had that one again, and it is super vanilla. But I guess what does it for me is I that Madagascar vanilla. Yes, <laughs> it's the Madagascar. Um, just breathing. I island, like to move it? it, move it. Exactly. That's all I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I like vanilla. <laughs> Giant pansies. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great movie. All hail the New York Giants. <laughs> um. We're going to get sued by DreamWorks. Nah, that'd be great publicity, though. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, please sue us, DreamWorks. Anyway, um, I like vanilla as a flavor, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of biased there. Just if that happens. <laughs> and it's your podcast if that happens, Alex. That's fine. I'll take it. I just had the worldwide again. And I, I like the vanilla, and it's got a little bit of bitterness to it. Um. So I guess I'm going to go on to say that the Worldwide is my second favorite because to me, the No Rules is just sweet. And I struggle to even put a flavor behind the sweetness aside from just sugar. Whereas with the Worldwide, I can say this is super sweet, but it tastes like vanilla. 
and it's got a tiny bit of bitterness to it. The reason I made it second instead of first is because I like the bitterness, but the bitterness in the worldwide is doesn't feel as purposeful as it does in the what was the other one? The called? Bell's Black Note. Yes, the Black Note. Um, so obviously, my first favorite is the Black Note because it's definitely the most complex, in my opinion, of the three. With the creaminess, the sweetness, the bitterness there, that reminds me of coffee. That bitterness reminds me of coffee. The bitterness in the worldwide reminds me of nothing. It almost made me wonder the first time we had it uh, if it was old. Like, is it starting to go bad? I don't think that's true, but that's just because I couldn't associate any flavor with the bitterness. So that's my long-winded black note first, worldwide second, no rules third. Guy, I'm in. I'm in complete agreement with Alex. I and to be honest, I I really disliked both no rules and the worldwide. I would not like if I went out to a bar and like tried a sample of those. Maybe the black note I would order a pint of. Um, I mean. I've tried the other two quite a bit here and I think the black mo the black note is uh it's just less intense than the other two. The other two feel like there's a lot of one or two flavors happening. And I don't know. So I, you're which one are you saying is first? I would say Bell's uh the Bell's black note is my first favorite. The my second I'm not even going to say second favorite. I'm going to say my second least favorite was uh, the uh, the Dogfish Head, uh, which kind of honestly kind of sucks for me. I love Dogfish Head. They have I love their beer. They're like one of my favorite breweries. Um, so I was kind of surprised that I didn't like this as much as I did. And then the the No Rules was just uh, it had no rules. It, it it really had no rules in the worst the worst way possible <laughs> i just did not I, I think it was not not a good beer yeah i'm with john goodman man we got rules for a reason <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know john goodman's also overweight and maybe maybe he's they're a true like, st louisan leave him be i, I was just leave saying when this be. movie was made he was shot as the fat guy maybe they were like let's put a lot of sugar in this beer and like i don't know play it that way <laughs> sounds like they put too much thought into it yeah, he was a wild card in the movie. Maybe maybe Dottie. they wanted a wild card beer. All right, so for me, Black Note was my number one. Uh, no Rules was number two. And then the Vanilla Worldwide was the third one. Because you don't like vanilla? Yeah, just it wasn't fantastic. Um, yeah, that one was all vanilla. So if yeah. you don't like vanilla, you're not going to like that. But see, it's funny because I like Breckenridge Vanilla Porter. That is an amazing. That's a great but that's beer. A very well carbonated. Uh, so I'm not gonna, even though our rankings are are different, just because the last two, I I completely agree with you. I to be to be frank, I did not really like any of these beers that much. No, I I don't think I would go out and buy any of these. And the biggest no. reason for that, honestly, is because I could almost buy a six pack of a lot of stuff for the price of one of these beers yeah and they they they're expensive they're not cheap beers um yeah and for something that you don't like that much like i don't know it seems kind of ridiculous i feel bad because blake was so kind enough to send these i mean he so blake we do thank you very much for him just i think maybe the barrel age stuff is just hard to enjoy um yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe our listeners can help us enjoy it a little bit more. But I kind of feel like I like the carbonation. I don't know if that's just because of the styles of beer I like. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Bell's. That Oberon is incredible. Yeah. They're two hard nails. Uh, one of my favorite beers. I, I mean, it's just there's just something about barrel aged beer that I'm not a huge fan of. <laughs> I I and I think after episode two on barrel aged beers. Like, we we can pretty well say that we probably just don't really like barrel-aged beers that much. And if that that's you okay. think you have one out there that you think that we will really enjoy and you're willing to send us some, please do. 
um, shoot us a message on uh, Instagram or an email or something like that. Um, I'll say if any of these, like I, I would try another one if it had some heat. Like I said, that that Mexican sort of cayenne pepper, I'd give that a shot. My guess is it still wouldn't overpower the overwhelming sweetness of what most of these are, but I think if anything's going to do it for me, that would be it. Yeah. Now, I will say, you you came up to Six Mile when I was up there, and you tried the Marauder on draft. It was good. That did not remind... I, I don't recall this type of flavor. The Marauder with, with reminded that. me of, like, s'mores, like hot chocolate s'mores. That was... Amazing. That was beer. really good. And that was barrel aged in Woodford Reserve barrels. I don't know. So maybe it's just these companies or maybe they're barrel aging beers the cheap way. Maybe they're I, I don't know. Doubt it. I mean they're they're spending money on it, but I don't know. We I think it's something to look at the bottle versus the draft. And I think maybe that's a, a topic for another night. Um that'd be worth trying. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to buy a draft system. Yes. Marauder was also lightly carbonated. Yeah. I don't know. And that's what the Imperial or the uh, passport to Russia. Passport from Russia. Yeah, that's it. I think I think that that's the key of whether or not I like it or not is if if a barrel aged beer is not carbonated, I think I'm just not. I think it takes some of the heaviness out of it. I, I, I think it is. Yeah, it just makes it more bland and syrupy and it. To me, it tastes like flat beer because yeah. it is. Like it's been sitting in a cask and there's no carbonation to it at all. Well, unfortunately, you know, barrel aged beers, not a huge fan of here, but you know, Blake, we do thank you again. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Fun to try, fun to analyze. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely different. I'd appreciate that, the differentness of it and what they're trying to do with it. Yeah. Whether it just be a, an attempt to build off the bourbon boom and that popularity which you know kudos to them it's a great idea yeah i just personally don't enjoy it as much as other stuff i'd rather have some bourbon or i'd rather have some beer i don't yeah. want my beer and my bourbon mixed yeah. yeah so that leads us into picks of the week gentlemen you'd like to get us started this week? I'll, I'll go um i recently finally finished uh, daredevil season three mm. And if you haven't watched it... No spoilers. I have one episode left. Oh, my gosh. That last episode's amazing. Stop it. Stop Tell me. When he gets Stop stabbed it. in the Stop eyes it. and loses his b- vision. Kevin's never watched any of it. Oh, my gosh. No, it's it's incredible. I love that show so much. Watch it. It's great. Cool. Guy? My pick of the week is uh, is this um, this Glenn Marenghi... Uh, it's called the Quinta Ruman, and it is a, it's a yeah, it's what, the scotch we talked about. It's aged twelve years old, finished in port casks, actually aged in bourbon casks, and then finished in port casks. And uh, I was expecting it to be really good, and I had certain flavor notes in my head that I really wanted, and I'm getting way more than I thought, way more than I thought I was getting in a good way. So uh, this Glen Marenghi Highland is uh, my pick of the week, which is cool because I've actually never, I haven't had a whole lot of Glen Marenghi stuff. So that's it. It's my pick of the week. So I have a question about pick of the week, and I need you all to make a ruling. Can my pick of the week be a person? As far as the rules go, there haven't there are been, no rules. There haven't been any rules with picks of the week. I don't like what is this Vietnam? Rules with, yes, with that bottle of beer. But he's right. There's never been any rules. That's kind of the point of a pick of the week. Is whatever so, you pick this week. My pick of the week. Um, a little while back ago, I got a new smoker, um, and it was upgraded to my big boy smoker. Um, I had had something for a long time, almost seven years. I finally got an old country Pecos. Um, so my pick of the week is Brad Markhorts. Um, Brad loves bacon. He's been on our show a few times. Um, that barbe- that's that's that- his Instagram handle. Yeah. Barbecue Brad. Yes, yeah. Barbecue Brad. Um, he has helped me out so much um, through the whole Thanksgiving week and all that. Just answering questions I have. Um, 
helping me get my my pit seasoned, helping me, you know, with the correct woods to use to make it smell well and take care of it. And he's just, I think when I told him I was getting the pit, I think he was more excited about it than I was. Um, (laughs) And I was pretty excited about it. So uh, that's my pick of the week is Brad. Uh, Make sure you follow him on Instagram. Brad loves bacon. Um, It's well worth it. Lots of uh, good humor. Um, he would have gotten the no rules right away. I guarantee it. Um, so on that note, gentlemen, thanks for uh, coming over tonight and enjoying some barrel aged beer with us. Anytime. Uh, it's a good night. Uh, if people want to find you and get in contact with you, how can they do that? I am on Instagram at the dot Alex dot experiment guy. I am on Instagram at danger. Two R's underscore guy. That's danger guy. And I'm Kevin. You can find me at beer underscore bourbon underscore barbecue. Um, We thank you very much for tuning in this week. Uh, Make sure you rate us and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play. Uh, We're now on Spotify. Give us a good rating. Um, We'd love to. You know, hear from you. Uh, you can also check out our awesome shirts at www.shopbeerbourbonbarbecue.com. Um, gentlemen, thanks for coming. Blake, thanks for sending us beers. Thanks, Blake. And we hope you stay sauced on beer, bourbon, and barbecue.